No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventures should be fun, adventures should be rugged, adventures should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm gonna find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. Are you ready? Let's make some noise, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I'm Roy Byrne alongside me, as always, my tag team partner and a man who is not Mr. Irrelevant, one Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing, as always, during the pandemic, air quote, Saturday morning, sir? Roy, I'm pretty sure this is the finest Temple Big Three since, <laughs> since Wadley, Greer, and mm. uh, who was the other guy on that team? Rollerson? No, no, no. You got Lamont Barnes. You got Kevin Lyde. You know, you had, a, you had a nice little, you had a nice little guy. I thought you were going to go back to like the Ramon Rivas, Eddie Jones days because we brought in. I mean, our... I mean, things have been <laughs> lean, but they haven't been that lean. <laughs> <laughs> no, we brought in our very own Aaron McKee, former guest of the show. It's been way too long, uh, joining us right now, a fellow Temple alum, host of the Farzi Show, Mark Farzetta. Mark, how's it going, man? I I would be honored if I was even just your Marty Collins. You know what I'm saying? Like if I was just the Marty Collins level, I'd be even happy just to be that for this program. It's great to be on with you. Thanks for having me, guys. It really is a uh, an absolute pleasure. You can find Mark on Twitter at at, at Mark Farzetta. That's Mark with a C. Of course, you can check out the Farzi Show every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wherever you get your podcasts. First of all, Mark, God bless you for getting up at 6 in the morning to ask in the masses. <laughs> I am um, trained. I am like one. Of, I'm like a, <laughs> a, a mouse that just knows where the cheese is at the end of the maze. That's just how I operate. That's how. That's where most of my career has been spent in morning drive. <laughs> so I don't really know how to operate unless I have done at least an hour of sports talk to start my day. Uh, so like some people need a cup of coffee. I mm-hmm. need to go on a rant about Doc Rivers or whatever uh, <laughs> to, to start my day. That's my cup of joe, so to speak. But thank you. So now, so, now Mark, I'm sorry. Now, Mark, before we get to the heavy hitting stuff, you indeed have one of the coolest studios. Yes. In on the planet, can I you just give yeah. a kind of like a 300 word soliloquy on like how <laughs> how this came to be? Sure. Or were you a were you a home uh, improvement fan? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm actually at the top of one Liberty. I ran out of space. And uh, this is just the top of one liberty. I just, I said, you know what? Who likes views? Put up a faux brick background. Behind that, behind that's William Penn. Behind that's William Penn. It's just, it's amazing, really. I just, ah, people are, people don't like heights. Uh, no, I love, I love building stuff. Um, I, uh, I actually just, this is my like proud thing. I, I can tell you right now, like my humble dad brag. I was doing some demo on my house a couple of months ago. And I found these like hundred year old, uh, two by threes, these old hundred year old, uh, wood, uh, pine, pine pillars. And I took them out of the wall and I sanded them down. I refinished them and I made a coffee bar in my kitchen out of them. So now I have a hundred year old pine, uh, hundred year old pine wood. That is now my coffee bar. So I, I love that stuff. I absolutely love working with my hands. I love, uh, uh what do you call it? Uh, uh carpentry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's fun stuff, man. I love it. Well, you know, I need some some uh, work done on my back steps. So after oh, you know we're done, really? I mean, if you, you know, I don't know what your rates are, but you like a nice, like a nice walnut finish. What do you like there? I want to pick your poison. <laughs> walnut oak. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picky. You know, whatever. Okay, whatever nice oak. There you go, strong man, strong man, strong man. <laughs> Love it. Uh, we gave you a lot of compliments, but now I got to. Yeah, yeah. Keep them coming, fellas. No, 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 no. This is better than talking to my you. mom. This is great. I got to, I got to dig at you because Mark, you know, <laughs> yeah. the internet is forever. Ooh, and this is true. Uh, you know, earlier this week, I saw you gave the Eagles an A minus for the draft. That is correct. Show. Yes, that's correct. But I, I, I saw you on day two. I saw the video of you on day two with G Cobb and Devin Caney. Yes. After the Camp Jurgens pick. Oh yeah. And, and you gave them an F. Oh, did I? Is that is that what I said? No, it was. It was a fail at that point in time, <laughs> which is how I have to react. I can't be like, let's wait and see. Because okay. you know what people really love? Like, people really stay tuned for the, hey, let's wait and see. Like, <laughs> but like people, it's funny because there was a guy there that was a friend of G Cobb who was the, one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. 
And he said to me after after I went through that whole tirade, I hated the pick at the time. And that's nothing against Cam Jurgens. This is like a, a Donovan McNabb light type of right. situation where we're not booing the guy, we're booing mm-hmm. that it wasn't Nicobe Dean. So in my reaction to it, I'm like, well, wait, hold on, hold on. You don't know exactly when Jason Kelsey's retiring. The Kobe Dean's right there. He automatically becomes your best linebacker, considering Hassan Reddick is going to be more of a of an edge rusher than anything, most likely, in this mm-hmm. defense. And mm-hmm. he starts tomorrow. Cam Jurgens, not a so much. Maybe starts next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, nothing against him. And I even said this during the tirade. I wish him nothing but success. I hope he's a Hall of Fame player, whatever. But it was funny afterwards, the, the G Cop's friend says to me, he goes, he goes, yeah, you must really like, um, you know, to go off like that. You must really like to, to rant and rave. He goes, what's it like to turn it off after the camera goes off? And I go, turn it off. What? <laughs> I go, I come from a passionate people. Like there is, like, that's, that's my, my most natural habitat is the microphone being on in front of me. That's yeah. where like, if like, if I was in a zoo, that's where I would be behind the glass microphone and that kids would be throwing me peanuts or something. Like that's how I would operate every single day. Like this is, this is kind of where I go, except when I am woodworking, then I'm kind of cool and mellow. But other than that, man, this is, this is the real me. No, I feel that like, I don't know if you were a child of the sports radio um, uh, genre where like you kind of like the the spazzing out of sports <laughs> is kind of embedded in your like DNA like I don't know like yeah like some of my rants happen when we're not filming because I'm pretty sure I would get banned like I, I mean because really no and Mark you make you make a good point it, it's like like we don't need the I don't know after after these messages we'll be we'll get back to you I want <laughs> like I want to hear immediately yeah what you think and then we'll revise it after the fact like there, are, <laughs> there is such a thing as as as, as a revision like yeah. and, and like to be honest i had i think i had the initial ugh about the cam Durgan's pick and then as i find out more that the eagles basically consulted jason kelsey on who to on who he was getting to pick who his successor was i'm like okay this changes things. This is like, I, I don't know. Like that, for me, I needed more information to revise my, <laughs> my brain. Yeah. You just do that. Right, right. Well, you know, it's funny in this day and age, because after we did that second round show, uh, my co-host, uh, Devin Caney, who was awesome, and G Cobb, who I've known for 15 years and absolutely love that man. We're sitting down, we're having dinner. They were very nice at Ocean Casino. They dropped us some dinner. It was great. And we're all talking and we're talking about the immediacy of media today and how we can jump on and do a show right now. It's not like I got to wait till 6 a.m. to do my show. If something moves me enough, I can jump on and do a show right then and there. So literally, we're watching the draft. I'm enjoying, uh, Let's. Uh, Devin was having chicken fingers. I was having a steak burger. Uh, G was having some chili cheese fries. We're having ourselves a time. That was a nice Jack Daniels on the rocks, right? Treat, treat myself. And... Uh, <laughs> All of a sudden, it comes up on the screen, Eagles pick. And I'm like, oh, hey, the Eagles pick is in. And N'Kobe Dean, third round. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I just unra- <laughs> I just unleashed fury on G Cobb for being like, well, maybe it's a good pick. And I'm like, ah. And then, uh, <laughs> then G- Jen G's like, I told you. I told you. I told you. So I, boom. Where, where's my phone? I grab my phone. And I'm like, here we go, G, you and me. And I pop on to Twitter. I do a quick little periscope, whatever, and um, and there you go, whatever they call that chat now on Twitter. And uh, I, we react in the moment for like two minutes, me, Devin, G. G's like, you better apologize. You better apologize. I'm like, I apologize. I'm sorry. And then, you know, we react to the. But it, the, the, the thing for me is if they make that pick with Cam Jurgens, which they did, mm-hmm. and then even if N'Kobe Dean goes, I don't care if he goes a pick later or if he goes 20 picks later, whatever it might be. Right. Still getting that guy at that moment is great. Getting him in the second, in the third round is an absolute pantsing of anyone that was me because I, a lot of people reacted as I reacted. A lot of people couldn't believe it, that he was still there. That's Howie Roseman credit where credits do Howie mm-hmm. Roseman knowing the market well enough. And he even admitted in his press conference uh, what the day they, they took him was, oh, wait, am I missing something? Am I missing something? Hold on. What's going on here that this guy's falling? Why isn't anybody taking him? He was still there. And they're like, we'll take him. And they took him in the third round. So it's it reminds me in a little bit, just to wrap this up, it reminds me in a little bit of Jordan Howard, or Jordan Howard, not Jordan Howard, uh, Jordan Matthews and uh, Marcus Smith. 
if mm-hmm. Marcus Smith is the second round pick and Jordan Matthews is the first round pick, nobody says, boo, you got a wide receiver in the first round. Oh, you got an edge rusher in the second round. Okay. If Cam Jurgens is taken in the third round, Nicobe Dean's taken in the second, all is right with the world. And it's right. an A plus 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 type of draft, especially when you consider bringing in a guy like AJ Brown. So that's where I was at as far as the, the end of the second <laughs> and then the end of the third round went. So, so let's keep A.J. Brown on the sidelines for a second. Obviously, okay. the Kobe Dean pick, the King mm-hmm. Cam Jurgens pick, the first pick of the night, Jordan Davis, who figures to be the eventual replacement for Fletcher Cox. Sure. Given the Eagles' needs in the secondary, were you okay with them going with Davis with that first-round pick, with that first-round yeah. first pick? Yes, because get the best player available. And I felt like he was the best player available. I was a little disappointed when you talk about the secondary. I wanted a safety before I wanted a corner. I feel like the bigger upgrade there was the, was the uh, safety position because you had lost Ryan McLeod. You had already lost a couple of years ago in Malcolm Jenkins. You hadn't really replaced that. Anthony Harris is fine. Nothing great. Now you've lost Rodney McLeod. You get a, you're going to count on Marcus Epps to really step into that role. He's had a couple of good plays here and there, but nothing to make me go, Oh, well, that's the guy. So in the second round, I was more so convinced that they were going to take a safety or a corner in that spot. I never actually, and I love N'Kobe Dean as a first round guy mm-hmm. and shows you, shows you how much I'm in the war room there with those guys, but I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, there's no way they're going to take a linebacker in the first round. I like this Jordan Davis guy. If they could take Jordan Davis and get that successor of Fletcher Cox, put him on this defensive line where he doesn't have to be anything close to the guy right. and bring him along gradually, you're going to be good to go. That was another reason why I didn't like the Cam Jurgens pick in the second round because you were already going to de- be developing somebody in the first round. Now your two, your first two picks, you're going to be developing somebody over the course of two years. Like thanks, but no thanks. So for me, that was another reason that the the second round pick kind of bugged me. But Justin uh, Jordan Davis is a big body, fast man. He is a mutant of a human being. He is a guy that can take people and throw them around. He's also the guy who can run run down a quarterback when the quarterback has already broken the pocket with some speed. That's the kind of guy I think the Eagles need in the middle of that line of scrimmage. And I compare it a lot to the reason why they drafted Cam Jurgens is because you have that guy on your offensive line in Jason Kelsey, a guy that can stick and make a block right there at the line of scrimmage or get down the field and make a play. Mm-hmm. Jordan Davis can get up the field and make a play, obviously, in the backfield. He can stop the run. He can stop the run. He can also get off the line of scrimmage to make a play on the sideline, which you don't see at the NFL level often from defensive tackles. Yeah. So that, for me, is a is a huge plus as to why you got him on your uh, on your defensive line. Now, now uh, talk- uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Mark. I guess my <laughs> my thoughts about the draft is, is this too good to be true? I feel that, like, I, I feel that, like, a little over a year ago, this team was in bad shape. I, I mean, coming off the Carson trade, a lot of dead cap, a mm-hmm. lot of bad contracts, no young talent. Fast forward 15 months later, you've got a, you've shed a lot of those bad contracts. You have potential foundation players. I, I mean, I feel that like I don't know. I'm just waiting for like me and my Negadelphian self, right? For like I don't know, like like <laughs> waiting for something to happen, but yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like I, the, the, the Nicobe Dean thing feels like, I, I mean, like I'm just waiting because this guy was, this guy's a top 15 talent and he went in the third round and I know that there's injuries, but I know that like he didn't have the measurable, but mm-hmm. if you watched any sort of college football, you know that this, this guy can just, it's just a, he, he just plays ball. Like, yeah. I, I mean, he's got the instincts and I don't think you can teach that. So I feel he's the ultimate lottery ticket on this team because if you get what you think you're going to get from the kobe dean then i don't know i, I mean i don't want to get ahead of myself but zoinks <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up perfectly uh yeah zoinks exactly no i think the eagles goal is to have uh, um opposing quarterbacks just surrender like i think that's just <laughs> going to be the goal like you know we're not even going to play you guys this week let's take an extra buy um I uh, yeah, I love the pick. And yes, I understand why you might be guarded. We've certainly had our reasons here to be guarded as far as, oh, wow, we're getting this guy in the draft or we traded for this guy and we're going to be great. Everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be awesome. And it hasn't been awesome, unfortunately. But for me, I just I love I love the pick. And again, the fact that he's going to have time to develop around a lot of other talented defensive linemen, the fact that he's going to have a guy rushing around the edge like Hassan Reddick, the fact that a guy like Brandon Graham's coming back, Josh Sweat looked like a guy last year who is finally coming into his own. Uh, you're going to be on a defensive line that can do some pretty special things. And I'm with you. I'm waiting 
for the shoe to drop where all of a sudden some unfound medical report comes out about nicobe dean and it's like well he's he's got no uh big toe on his right foot can't keep his balance that's why peanut you know allergy. something ridiculous peanut allergy a, a peanut, peanut whatever yeah exactly peanut allergy <laughs> right peanut. Yeah, exactly he hates cheesesteaks i don't know anything cliche <laughs> but for me that's what i'm waiting for as well but i was like that with people telling me that the eagles were going to draft a wide receiver and i kept on saying no please howie quit while you're ahead with the, with uh Devontae smith you don't need to draft another wide receiver and sure enough, he traded for a legit guy, obviously. So that, to me, was the smarter play for Howie. And I felt the same way. It was because I almost felt like we were snake-bitten. We just needed to quit while we were ahead with drafting a high-drive receiver like he did with Jalen Rager. Fail. Devontae Smith, uh, major passing grade. We're talking with Mark Farzetta, host of The Farzy Show, which you can catch every weekday morning, 6 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Mark. We could go. The Eagles had ten picks. They mm. wound up taking five guys. Yep. And you talked about developing guys. You know, only a couple of these five guys are going to get significant playing time this year. Does that concern you at all? Because again, we've seen plenty of places where the Eagles need to upgrade. Are you concerned with the fact that you know a lot of this draft is developmental when there are clear holes in this roster? I'm honestly not. My okay. takeaway from it was if you went into this draft and and you, excuse me, if you came out of this draft knowing that you had ten picks going in and I was hiding under a rock or in some other universe for a couple days. And I came back and you're like, the Eagles only got five guys. And I'm like, they had 10 picks. What are you talking about? It's not about quantity. It's about quality. And I feel with their first three picks, they have someone who's going to be an immediate impact in the Kobe Dean. It almost goes in reverse. Uh, then you have somebody in Cam Jergens who I think does have the talent to be a, a guy that can take over for, uh, to take over for Jason Kelsey. And then you have a guy in Kobe Dean that'll take over for Fletcher Cox, but still give you significant reps, significant playing time and make plays for you on that defensive line in, in this upcoming season. So I think you got three quality talents in the first three rounds of this draft. Then you also tell me that he got AJ Brown. Oh yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy. A 24 year old wide receiver that still has plenty of left, plenty left in the tank. It could be a, a one or one a, whatever you want to say. Yeah, I think he had a pretty successful draft. So so we were talking about, Chris and I were talking about this before, you know, the, between the three of us, we have 100 plus years of Eagles fandom, you know, <laughs> under our belts. Is this the best pair of receivers we've seen in Philadelphia in our lifetime? Like, I don't want to kind of go there, but maybe we need to go there. Uh, I'm trying to think of Quick and Carmichael. They were separated by a couple years, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I say, like, Fred Barnett and Calvin Williams. God bless them. But yeah, no. Yeah, no. T.O. and Reggie Brown. T.O. and Reggie <laughs> Brown. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking the same thing. But then you also throw in the idea that Dallas Goddard's your tight end. Right. And you think about the receiving core, not just the wide receivers, but the receivers in, like in general including the tight ends. I mean, let's not leave out J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, fellas. Uh, but, no, in all seriousness, you think about those three, with the tight end, with these wide receivers, I would say what nothing jumps to mind that is automatically better than this. Mm -hmm. And that's why people are doing what I'm doing, which is like, all right, Jalen, you got the squad, fella. Go make things happen with these guys. Well, now I think you just – I mean, that's that's a perfect segue – do we like I, I mean like no no more excuses right like i, I mean this is like I, I mean but i feel that like i know the <laughs> we always made this analogy of the eagles just constantly flirting with like other quarterback but i feel that like i don't know i don't think yeah. they put an engagement ring on it but i think they put a promise <laughs> ring on it where like they said like i don't know like <laughs> we're gonna give you like i don't know we're gonna we're gonna give you all the tools to to make this decision and they brought in his best friend so, I, I mean, this isn't just, like, to, something to, like, I don't know, appease Jalen Hurts for 2022. Like, yeah. I, I mean, like, I feel like, I, I mean, like, we didn't get a lot of these indications previously that they were in, but I say they're as in as you can humanly be. Everybody, every quarterback in the league is, is any starting quarterback is taking a test. Every single one of them is, is taking a test. Even the guys that have been around a long time, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, still in the NFL, you're tested every single – because you know what we're saying about Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson? It's like, oh, wait, if they have a couple of bad games, do they still have it? You know what I'm saying? Every single person is tested. A guy like Jalen Hurts is still auditioning for no longer the Eagles' starting quarterback role. He's got that. 
but he's being he's being auditioned right now. He's auditioning mm-hmm. for the franchise quarterback. And the, the, the classic, is he Mr. Right or is he Mr. Right now? You know, which one is he? Is he just right now? Or is he forever? I want him to be the forever guy. I am rooting. I love Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I want every single athlete that comes through Philadelphia to have the mindset that Jalen Hurts has because that's a guy you can't bet against because he's going to work his ass off. If he's not good at something, he's going to work his ass off to be good at that one thing. If he uh, has uh, the conversation, there's conversation about bringing in another quarterback, whether that's Deshaun Watson, whether that's Russell Wilson, whether that's seeing what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers two off seasons ago. Hey, I'm above it. I can't control it. So I'm only going to control what I can control. I love that mindset. And above all else, to go back to the work ethic, he's out there in Southern California working with Tom House to in- to increase his accuracy. I'm done with hearing people complain about his arm strength. Arm strength is not a problem for Jalen Hurts. It's not a problem. It's not a huge plus. The bigger issue is accuracy. The Eagles won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Nick Foles isn't a guy that's you know tossing darts out there, but he is dotting eyes. And if you can do that, you can be a successful quarterback. Get Jalen Hurts to dot some eyes, and guess what? This team's going to win a lot of football games with this receiving core. So I look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, and I say, this is the ultimate test. There's no excuses. We have given you the pieces to that puzzle. Go make that happen. Show us that you can be accurate. Show us you can get A.J. Brown another you know, 1,200 receiving yards. Show us a guy like Devontae mm-hmm. Smith can go over 1,000 yards again. Show, show me that you can hit these guys in the end zone when you're in the red zone. Show me you can complete these long drives, not just dinking and dunking up and down the field, but actually punching the ball in thanks to your arm, not so much thanks to this run game. That's what I think will be the ultimate test for Jalen Hurts this year. We got Jalen Hurts some help on offense. We got some Jalen Hurts some help on defense with Hassan Reddick, as you mentioned, Kaiser White. Oof. Um, Maybe I'm a little crazy because, again, I'm kind of feeling good after the draft. I didn't give them an F like some people did, you know, on day two. Can the, can the Eagles can the Eagles win this division this year? Even yes. With the whole okay. Yes. Yes, the Eagles can absolutely win this division. Carson Wentz is going to wet the bed. It's it's nice to see him again. Uh, the Cowboys suck. I mean, it's just simple math. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're teaching this in schools now. Uh, you look at the Giants. I what way that that's going to be a rebuild for the Giants a thousand percent. The Eagles are right there. The Eagles made the playoffs last year, granted the easy cake schedule in the second half of the year, but they still could have easily been one of those teams that those other teams were looking forward to playing at the end of the year. Oh, thank God we got the Eagles on our school, on our schedule after this. Uh, so they they have nothing but – they have nowhere to go but up. I know the playoffs should be this big thing. Oh, well, they made the playoffs not that big a deal anymore. And it's not because they expanded it. But for me, I, I think that there's only one place to go. That was the first year of Nick Sirianni coaching a football team mixed with the first year of Jalen Hurts being the full-time starter of an offense. And you didn't have the weapons that you had already. You didn't have – you're certainly not going to have the defense from last year. I was talking to G Cobb again to mention him. He was telling me about how much more aggressive he expects this defense to be, given the fact that they've given Jonathan Gannon a lot more weapons. Fix the cornerback spot. Uh, fix the safety spot and the rest will take care of itself. If you just get serviceable talent in those positions, especially at corner, mm-hmm. this defense is going to do something special this year. If, even, if they even, even if they play more of that sit back and wait for the mistake type of deal, even if they do that by mistake, they're going to force other teams into mistakes simply because Hassan Reddick only knows one speed and that's hundred miles per hour, whether that's right. dropping back into coverage, whether that's stopping the run, whether that's getting the quarterback in the backfield, whatever it might be, you're going to have, because of that front, uh, you know, your linebackers and your, and your defensive line, because of those guys right there, uh, that front seven, your cornerback and safety positions are going to be made so much easier. Not that Darius Slay needs it, uh, but uh Things are only going to get easier for him with what the defense is going to be giving him uh, in front of him for this season. Man, I wish we could talk about this team like we do about the Sixers, man. Like, I feel that, like, I don't know. <laughs> I want September to come now. Because right. I feel that, like, like I don't know. Like, I feel they're a little ahead of schedule. Because I feel that, like, I don't know, when after the cars that they have, we're like, oh, this is like a three-year play. I thought it was three years. They're a little ahead of schedule. But I feel that how we – Thankfully, is not skipping steps. He's not trying to, like, I don't know, like, because I feel that, like, I don't know, 2017, that kind of, that roster was, I mean, I've heard players on that roster say that it was kind of lightning in a bottle, that it was not sustainable. But yeah. I feel that, like, the way they're building this team, it feels sustainable. And I and that, for me, feels great. That Like, I don't know, like, 
the real how he realized the error of his ways because he had like 80 of them and now he's like i don't know just <laughs> like i don't know trust like just and draft guys from the sec that's all we've asked for like 27 years right <laughs> yeah i no, i think he's done a, i think this draft he mm-hmm. absolutely did a great job I, I think he did a great job especially again you go back to the idea they had 10 picks going into it they come out with five players six if you include aj brown he like if if the point of the draft is to just get better then he's accomplished that tenfold I have zero doubt in my mind. And I also kind of like the idea that he didn't look at the needs of this team and say, oh, I'll just fix it in the draft. Because you can't rely on rookies to just be the guys that are coming to be the fixers. Like, N'Kobe Dean doesn't have a – like, I love Alex Alex Singleton. I thought he did a great job given his role and what he was asked to do and his talent level and how hard he worked coming out of Canada, you know. <laughs> N'Kobe Dean's an upgrade. I know he's going to be better than that going into this season. So you've upgraded that position already. But when it comes to saying to a guy, especially a cornerback position, hey, rookie, go out there and shut down some of the guys in this division, that could be an issue. I don't want to see that. Hey, go D up a uh, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like that's a, I know that Darius Slay is going to be covering the number one guys, but that's only going to hurt a young guy's confidence if he's getting beat by the third stringer. So for me, I'd rather yeah. go into free agency and try to do that, similar to what they did with Stephen Davis – or Stephen Davis, excuse me, Stephen Nelson. See what you can do in that regard. And I think that that's how the Eagles will solve that problem. But as far as the other spots go, I think, yes, Howie acknowledged a big problem that he's had in drafting wide receivers, and I think just said, to hell with it. I'm not taking one there with my <laughs> second first-round pick. I'm just going to go get a guy who I know is already a stud. Hey, I have no problem with that, especially when you get a guy like – A.J. Brown, we're talking Mark Farzetta, host of the Farzy Show, and potential Temple University commencement speaker sometime, sometime down the road, perhaps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God help him. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, only in Philadelphia do we yeah. have the joy of winning the NFL draft one night <laughs> and followed by the pain of injury the very next night. What was your initial reaction when you heard the news about the uh, Joel Embiid injury? Well, that was the same show. That was the same show as uh, N'Kobe Dean, Cam right. Jurgens, and oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 my, yeah, my, my friend. <laughs> that was what the hell. I really enjoyed that steak burger, though. That was the steak burger was really what did it. Um, but uh, no, my friend Devin Caney, who was uh, doing a great job quarterbacking that show, um, she re-released it. Just that clip of me reading Sham Sharania's tweet about Joel Embiid being out and having the orbital bone fracture and entering concussion protocol. And that was the moment that was odd for me because I think it was right. It was shortly thereafter. No, the Eagles took Jergens. Mm -hmm. I I rant and rave like a 10 year old and then two year old more like it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then that news comes out. So I right away blame Howie for ruining all the good juju with uh, the Jergens pick. Uh, and then Sham put that story out there about Embiid. It does feel like we can't have nice things, but there was something, there's just something about Joel Embiid already playing through the thumb injury, realizing, as he said uh, a couple different times, that he's already missed a lot of time in his NBA career, and he doesn't want to miss anymore. So he plays through the thumb injury in game six and plays his best game in quite some time. Mm-hmm. You feel like okay, it's coming together somehow. Not only did the Eagles get uh, Nicole D, or excuse me, not, not at the time. At the time, did you, not only did you get Jordan Davis, not only did you get you know the center that you wanted, whatever. Not only did you get AJ Brown, and the the Phillies swept the series. Not only did you do all that, but somehow magically, Joel Embiid's thumb was cured. <laughs> and then you get through that, and then you learn about the concussion. And I, my first thought, in all honesty, was just get through pr- protocol and let's take it from there. Because I know he's played in a mask before. We all know that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to miss any more time. In my heart of hearts, God's honest truth, it, it wasn't for me the end-all, be-all. I had mm-hmm. faith and confidence that Joel Embiid was still going to try to play in this series. My thought was when I saw concussion protocol, I thought, get through that. If he gets through protocol, he's going to play in this series. And now, you know, because the Eagles finally took to Kobe Dean and how he reintroduced mm-hmm. the good juju – Right now, he looks like he's going to play in three and four. So hopefully, that'll be the case. So, well, so let's it's... just hope. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Roy. Let's just hope um, the Kobe Dean doesn't end up like James Harden. Because <laughs> I just remember, like I know, I, I mean, that's like that's the other, that's the glass slipper. And the problem is Harden get like it, it struck midnight like two months ago with James Harden. And I don't like what's your gut feeling about James Harden like I don't know not just this year but like I mean you're going to have to open up a check yeah open up the checkbook and it's going to cost a lot of money but 
are you okay with giving? Because I feel with the history with him and Daryl Morey, it's not just going to be as simple as, oh, we're not going to give him money. Like, I mean, like, they're going to give him this extension problem. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with it at all. There's nothing James Harden has done since he's been here in Philadelphia that has made me go, oh, yeah, let me, what, $240 million? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Please, where do I sign? Yeah. Um, he's got to be the guy. Like, I'm almost sick of it. Since the news broke about Embiid, it's been like, can Harden carry the Sixers? And I'm like, I'll answer hi here in the back. No. <laughs> no, stop, please, with this rhetoric about this narrative. Oh, well, James, can James Harden do it? I already know the answer. No. <laughs> Like, I don't have to be in a war room or do scouting to understand this. So anyone who watches the Sixers is being honest with themselves. Like, do you see any outs of James Harden Houston in James Harden Philadelphia? Because I didn't even see that in Brooklyn. Like, for even last year or this year, I didn't see that. And Look, I'm rooting for the guy, all that stuff. I got nothing against James Harden. Yeah. But if we're being real, 32-year-old bum hamstring James Harden, is it going to miraculously turn into – MVP James Harden at 33 still bum hamstring. Like, I don't see this guy improving. The, 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 the next move for the Sixers, I know people aren't crazy about it, but I like it, and I know Joel Embiid like it, Bradley Beal. I'd rather go that direction, that James Harden direction from this point on. I, I don't see James Harden winning the series for the Sixers. I don't see him looking amazing for the Sixers. I've already answered the question that every national media member with a lazy narrative wants to throw out there. Can he do it? No, he's still – no, he can't. <laughs> I root for him. I hope I'm wrong. I don't see anything that he's how, done how to make him go, they're going to win. To say that, like, I, like am I, are we watching the same basketball? He can't get past anybody. <laughs> no. Anybody no. and now no. people are like, you know, people are just saying, Oh, they've got this great matchup against Miami. I'm like, Do you know who the Miami Heat have? They have PJ Tucker who just shuts everybody down. And yeah. sure is gonna sh shut down a 50-year-old man in a 30 year old man in a 50-year-old body. Oh, it's great. It's I'm done. I'm just I'm done with it. Like I I like if he plays the role of facilitator and takes what the defense gives him, that's great. That's all I'm asking for. The way he played game six. Where he had two turnovers in the first half, or excuse me, in the first quarter, had won the rest of the way. He got assists. He still got over 20 points. He hit a couple of threes. He got fouled a couple of times. That's the best possible ver ver version of James Harden from now on. But that guy ain't taking over a game. And I hate that I know this, and I'm not an analytics guy. And if I was king of the universe, I'd tell you right now, man, that I would do away, do away with the term analytics and just call it what it is information. Right. And for me, <laughs> Uh, when I look at the analytics of James Harden, when you talk about a blow-by rate, for instance, right? His <laughs> blow-by rate when he was in Houston was like top tier in the league, uh, top three, I think it was. And now he's around the middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let me open up the checkbook for that guy. No. Instead, how about <laughs> that guy realize where he's at in his career and he just manipulates his game to make sure he can get whatever that was we saw in game six on a regular basis? Because that guy is not having five turnovers like he did last night in game one against the Heat, or two night, or whatever, in game one against the Heat. But that guy is performing at a much higher level. Let's see that guy, and then let's get let's get uh, Joel Embiid back in the mix and then see what this team can do. So one last Sixers question before we let you go. If yep. everything turns left, goes left this season, and it looks like it's a pretty decent chance that it could go left, Yeah, who gets most of the blame? Is it James Harden? Is it Doc Rivers? Is it Daryl Morey for putting this roster together? Like, where do you, where do you assign the most blame? I, I mean, look, I, I'm out on Doc Rivers. I, I have been uh, pretty – like, I didn't want to jump to conclusions on the would you ask, ask Pop that question. But the only reason I wanted Doc Rivers here was because somebody with that clout – with that respect, with a championship ring, a guy that has coached stars before, that guy's got to be able to reach Ben Simmons. That didn't work out. So now that that hasn't worked out and the Sixers are about to get eliminated from the second round again, Doc's fault or not, I'm done with Doc. Move on. Let's get some new blood in here. Uh, as far as whose fault it is, ultimately it's Daryl Morey's fault. <laughs> you, you take one glance at this bench – are you serious? How many times do you have to look across the way at somebody else, like a Tyler Hero, for instance, and say, oh, my God, that guy outscored the entire bench combined for the Sixers? <laughs> How many times can you look at a bench like a guy like George Niang, like last night, 0 for 7 from beyond the arc? Mm -hmm. I, I, I Look, Doc has not been perfect. He's been far from it. Yeah. But that's not a lot of talent coming off your back. Like, for instance – like a bigger thing to look at with doc is this whole Deandre Jordan thing. And this whole thing going on right now uh, with Paul Reed. And who do you start? Like doc, you don't have the answer for not having Joel Embiid. 
But you do have something that's the closest version of that answer, and that's mm-hmm. Paul Reed miles before it's DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. So for me, like it shouldn't be that hard. Now, I wish it would be an easier decision for Doc Rivers to make, and that's what's up to uh, Daryl Morey to get some better talent in here. I said at the time of the Harden trade, the Harden-Simmons trade, it's going to hurt more to get rid of Andre Drummond than it is with Seth Curry. Like, offense is not going to be your problem. Yeah. A backup center that can get you boards, that's going to be bigger than the problem. And the way I described it with my friend uh, Paul Hudrick when I had him on my show a couple of weeks ago was that he was like, well, you know, the Sixers even suck then at – um at uh, getting uh rebounds and my retort to that was like they went from getting kicked in the ass to just getting like punched in the you know where like that's where it is now that's they've downgraded in terms of rebounding ability goes so that was what i thought was going to be the bigger uh the loss and that's of course what has happened uh so doc rivers has to organize what little talent he has there on the bench better still uh because deandre jordan surely isn't the guy to be your backup center in this in this series we had a lot of good vibes with the eagles and I guess the complete opposite with the Sixers. I, when are we I, talking flyers, man? No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the best thing about the Sixer season right now is that the football season is almost over. Away. Yeah, football hey. season is away. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Mark Farzetta, host of the Farzetta Show. Mark, before we let you go, please take a couple minutes, let folks know how they can check you out and follow you on Twitter. Uh, oh, follow me on Twitter, at Mark Farzetta, very original. Uh, you can follow me, of course, you can subscribe on my uh, YouTube page, uh, at, uh, at the Farzy Show. Uh, and you can watch me through my Twitter, through my social media, at Farzy Show as well. So you guys, you guys uh, can check me out there, Facebook and uh, Twitch as well, just uh, the Farzy Show. So, oh, and thefarzyshow.com as well. Oh, awesome. Again, check out the Farzy Show every weekday morning, 6 a.m., as Mark said, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch wherever you get your podcast as well. Mark, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Mark. I'm going to go back to uh, working on some wood. I'm going to sculpt. I'm going to make some, uh, you know, uh, nice wood portraits of you guys. How about that? Send send me an invoice for my back steps. Yeah, you got got it. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. See you guys. That was our interview with Mark Farzetta of The Farzy Show. Shout out to Mark for joining us on the program again. Check him out every weekday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern on the Farzy Show's YouTube channel. He's also on Twitch as well and wherever you get your podcast. Good dude, Mark. Not just saying that because he is a Temple Man, alum. Like, I don't know how Mark Farzetta has, because I watched you on, on the Farzy Show this week. Great mm-hmm. job. Thank and you. how does this man have this much juice? Because you didn't have this much juice at 6 a.m. because you weren't no. up at 6 a.m. No, no, no. There's, <laughs> no it's not po- it is not possible to have, for, for a normal human being, to have that much juice like like mark is always on like that's not that's not mark just in front of the camera like mark is just a is an high energy dude like he's got he i guess he is the opposite of what you know a former president called a low energy guy like he is a, he's a high energy guy so no mark's mark's legit and like mark's mark always brings it like the red light's always on brought back a 700 level you like you were on the 700 level previously yeah, I did. I think I did a couple with okay. Mark. I think I did a couple seven hundred levels with Mark. I think I did. I think I did one with actually with with uh, Gonzo like one time. I think like Mark or like Rio was out or something like that. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. So Mark and I go back a little bit. I think he did. He did a lunch break too, um, a couple times. Oh my um, god. So yeah. These, so that's are, it. these are some references back yeah. in the day. Like I don't know. Old, old all, school. This was only a couple years removed after that appearance by god on smackdown <laughs> yeah yeah yes yeah Shawn michaels and god versus the mcmahons <laughs> uh the wildest it came up on the twitter feed for those who may not be aware or probably are not aware um came up on the twitter feed earlier this is week. that one of the Woo. most bizarre plot lines you've ever watched like ever again like i like i told you before when i when like i don't recall it now um but yeah it's right up there with the whole the whole judy bagwell the custody of Dominic there Mysterio. Is like Pillman and Austin? Well, Pillman and Austin, which is, it was just weird. It was like the, okay. the whole little weird. That was just weird. It wasn't like crazy. I mean, it was crazy because of the gunshot and all that stuff. But like, this is like taboo, bizarre, yeah. cringe. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There was no value added for this. I have no, no. idea. Like, I don't know. It Well, like, I don't know. You just can never doubt Vince McMahon's brain. But like, yeah. I don't know. When, so, when you're in brainstorming sessions, how does... The topic of yeah, let's do a promo in a church, like an actual church. Let's involve holy water. Let's involve Vince McMahon literally talking to God. Like, like no, this isn't like figurative. Like, or yeah. or like I don't know, euphemistic. It is literal. He was literal. talking to God. 
No, it was it was a literal literal uh, again promo, you know, for a match, a basically a handicap match with Shawn Michaels and God uh, versus the McMahon's. Yeah, it was a wild wild scene back in the. I'm WWE, pretty sure that like WWE, Sixers yeah. fans were figuratively talking to God this week <laughs> because like there's a lot of gods yeah. like I don't know thrown out, but this is different. Yeah, no, this is different. But but you know, we were a lot of us were thanking God uh, again. Let's put a bow on on what we thought of the NFL draft uh, weekend. I, I guess I should say, and everything that went down. We were down at the link uh, when it all went down on Thursday. Uh, we saw the Eagles, you know, uh, make the uh, move for Jordan Davis at thirteen, which was met to, with a lot of excitement um, in the draft party down at the link. Um, and or then be, no, like yes. I, I think. I'm oh, sorry, Roy. I think that. What do you, what is what do you think is your pulse of the of, of the population? Is does it get a thumb like one thumbs up, two thumbs up, or a or a man? Jordan Davis specifically? Yes. I think it gets a two thumbs up. I think it gets okay. I think people I think people are really excited specifically on Jordan Davis. Again, he's a talented, you know, interior defensive lineman. I think people know that Fletcher Cox is not going to be long for for Eagledom, so you need a replacement for him. And he's you know he's a big dude, he's athletic, he's affable. Uh, again, this, this, this sounds going to kind of take yes, to him DJ pretty well. Oreo. DJ Oreo, yeah. So I, yeah. That, that's what he wanted to call himself, and his mom was an Eagles fan, so he yeah. has like all of the. And I think that there was a development this week. I I don't even know if this was like supposed to happen, but Brandon Graham in a in a press conference like insinuated that they're probably going to run a 3-4 this year, which is odd, which is, I mean, not a lot of these guys have run 3-4 in their careers ever, and a lot of these guys are long in the tooth. So Jordan Davis, if you're running a 3-4, makes a lot more sense. than Like, I don't know, he makes sense in any defense, because I think, like, I think his, I think people were just, are just still a little, um, not, not like I don't know iffy, but I think they don't know what his upside is because he's so massive, and they just they just see him as just a plug and play run stuffer, which is fine. Like, right. but there were, I, I think really the other alternative for fans or media was Kyle Hamilton, who I think might provide a little more upside. But I, I mean, if you're trying to, but apparently safety is not that important in a Jonathan Gatwell like important to a the eagles or and two a jonathan gannon scheme defense and i I think we saw again on the you know we saw um from the eagles on on this past weekend they're trying to build you know that front seven up Uh, and we saw from the from the offseason as well with the acquisition of hassan front seven not just front four so that means so that means the the four the three or the four gentlemen in back of the defensive line what are they called well, they're linebackers, and the Eagles, again, have, have acquired multiple linebackers this offseason. Hassan Reddick, he's an edge rusher linebacker. Again, if you're playing a 3-4, you might see him a little bit closer to the line. But Kaiser White's got 3-4 experience. Um, the Was it the fourth-round draft pick? Kyron Johnson, I believe he's a 3-4 guy. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, um, yes, he is. No, uh, yeah, yeah, Kyron Johnson, I think he was a 6-rounder, I think. But he is – but he's an explode. But I now I'm start, starting to see the type that they like as these linebackers. They like athletic mm-hmm. guys that they can, that are, that are raw. Um, but like I don't know. I think thankfully this Eagles this iteration of the, the Howie Roseman led Eagles are starting to look towards traits. Like I don't know physical traits because for mm-hmm. a long for a long time they went for the safer picks like the Derek Barnett's. Like I don't right. know the like I don't know guys that like didn't have high upside but you thought thought but they put up numbers upside. yeah so I, I mean guys like kyron johnson like i don't know um like i don't know even like a davion taylor like i, I mean like i could see davion taylor big, like no and but i like the competition that's mm-hmm. on this defense whether it's the linebackers or it's the cornerbacks because i feel that like they have a lot of young bulls like i don't know lots of young bulls that that they're just gonna say okay fight it out if we find a gem, like like even like a third cornerback or even a backup to a Darius Slay eventually, like if you got like a like a back backup cornerback out of your undrafted free agents, that's that's a big win. Well, I think that's a, I mean that's a lot to ask. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not expecting all that, but I, I will say that again, I'm a man who waits until all the draft picks are done in order <laughs> to assign grades, other than like other people like you and Mark. Who are these knee-jerk reaction people? Now, do you count undrafted free agents in your draft card? Because I, do not. I will do not. 
I do not. You do I don't, not. Do not. No, no because no. I think this is a different story. Because once again, Howie Roseman, you can never, you can never question his ability to try to get up, like up on the game. Like I, he didn't have a lot of picks, so you know what he did with all his guaranteed money? He gave it to all the undrafted free agents. So I, I mean. It's, I mean, but that's a way to acquire players is like, I don't know if you don't draft them. I mean, they could draft them because they have any picks. They're like, here, there's guaranteed cake. Like I, but I think these are, this is the say, okay. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is the new market inefficiency as, Mm -hmm. as as how we likes to take advantage of sometimes. And you you make a good point. If you, if you get one, if you get one or two undrafted free agents to make the 53, I mean, that's huge. Like that's a big deal. Um, And the Eagles signed, arguably the best quarterback available uh, of the undrafted free agent class. Um, now, whether or not he's going to make him push for that number three spot, I don't know. But again, if he does, and if he's on the roster, you know, September 15th or whenever the season starts, then that's a kudos to Howie. I mean, maybe that should They be only got class. the future starting running back for the Philadelphia Eagles as an undrafted free agent, Kennedy Brooks. He only, like, and <laughs> I feel now that – I'm hype about the Eagles, man. Hype. Maybe you got to relax just, about these undrafted dudes. You gotta no, relax. no, no, no. Because this is a guy who went, who played oh, with Jalen Hurts. Like, and of course, you're going to see this is a consistent theme. This the is, theme. this is, this is the promise ring. Because we thought that, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. We thought Howie and, and, and was stepping out on Jalen. He's like, nah. Like, I don't know. Here, here, here's a Tesla, like the highest level Tesla. So that, so they got Kennedy. Like, I, I feel that, like. All right, mark my words. Two of these, two of these undrafted free agents will make the team, and one will make a moderate impact. They'll make the fifty-three. Yes. I okay. I, we wildly disagree on that, but okay, that, that's fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you are excited about this. I want to again. Grading drafts is stupid, right? As soon as after after they happen. But again, I'll be that dude. I'll say the Eagles got an A minus. I'm pretty good with this draft. What is your grade on this Eagles draft? I'll go A minus and, too. Un, and a, you know, undrafted free agent class because again, that well, matters. no, like if, if you find in the undrafted free agent class, I'd give this an A plus. But like, <laughs> I don't know. If, if we're just talking about the, if we're just talking about the draft, I am maybe because I'm just like snake bitten. I need to see I, – I need to wait and see with N'Kobe Dean. Like, I don't know. I feel this is a very too good to be true pick. Like, I, I know something th- – this is my detective stable coming through. Something don't smell right. Like, I don't know. Like, N'Kobe Dean went from, like, a top 15-ish pick mm-hmm. to, what, the 80th? Something? No. Like, I don't know. And, like, either 31 other teams just, like, I don't know, like, missed the boat. I mean, it happens, but I, I, yeah. I don't know. I need to see this guy. Supposedly, he's coming in for a few mini camp. Is he doing stuff? Like I don't know. He's like apparently he's he could play with this pet injury, whatever. So, but like I said, the like I said, the mark. This is the ultimate lottery ticket, man. Like this really would raise the the potential of because you 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 don't just get a core of your defense, not just like of your like I don't know, not just a starter on defense, like. He could be the brain of this defense for years to come. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a little, I'm a pe- pessimistic, pessimistically optimistic about this. All right. Yeah. Like, I think it's fair. Cause again, like the Nicobe Dean pick, I don't want to say it's going to make or break it. Cause he was a third round pick. He was 83rd pick overall. It's not going to make or break the draft, but if it hits, then buddy, yes. like you got something special um, with yeah. that. So yeah, no. So the Eagles had a good draft day when in, in terms of draft picks. Of course, they had a good draft day uh, on Thursday when they flipped um, the 18 pick and some other ancillary stuff for AJ Brown from the Titans. Uh, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. We got some weapons for number one. You saw the picture of uh, AJ Brown. A uh, Devon, um, Jalen Hurts, one of his maybe maybe his actual best friend. You saw them dapping it up at the at the, at the press conference. One X eleven. This is going to be a really exciting team on offense. Well, I'll say this: this should be a really exciting team on offense. Should 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 be. And so, let me ask you a question: We are finally transitioning from a run heavy offense to a pass heavy offense, correct? You better. <laughs> okay. okay. No, I, I mean you don't pay AJ Brown to to. Like even though AJ Brown put up numbers in a in a in a run heavy, uh, like I don't know, in a run heavy offense, he was the only he was really the only option on that team. They really didn't right. have a tight end. They I, I don't know. So 
but you have you have mouths to feed on this. Like, I mean, don't forget about Devontae Smith. Like, I, I mean, like, like AJ Brown might be like like the flavor of the month, but I'm like Devontae Devontae Smith is still as much of a cornerstone as AJ Brown and 100%. Dallas Goddard. So, I, I mean, my first thought when when this trade happened is no more excuses, man. None, none. You got no your excuses. best friend. You got your best friend. So who you should have a lot of chemistry with, not just like decent chemistry. Like mm. this is like Derek Carr, Devontae Adams level chemistry. You should. No, you know, you have really good, you should have really good chemistry in that uh, offensive, in that offensive uh, huddle. Well, again, with Devontae, with AJ. No, Brown, but I guess the question is, Hurts. do they, do you still run? Do you still run, run like, like, I don't know, um, RPOs? Like, I RPOs? don't know. Is it still, are you still based? Like, is it still a, a focus on the run and then a little more, a little more sprinkle passes or are you a pass first team now? I think you're a pass first team. Like you said, like wow. you don't pay this man. Like you don't pay the, like AJ Brown's getting going to get paid with the extension 20 million ish a season. You have, you have a legit number one type of talent in Devonte Smith. You can't give these dudes five targets each a game. Like you got to throw the ball their way. Like a, a lot, like you got to throw the ball. I don't think it's crazy to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to assume, but I mean, 35 passes a game. Like, is that crazy? Is that a crazy number? No, that's a, foul, that's no, a little that bit should over, be, you know, 50, 50. No, that should be the, the baseline 35. And yeah. I, I asked you last year and I don't, I, I think in the end, I don't even know what the best unit was on the Eagles last year. Was it the offense? Like, I don't know. Like, but in 2022, what is or should be the best unit on the Eagles? Oh, 100% should be offense. Like 1,000%. Really? Yeah. No, the, no, no, they should be. They should be. Like, we're, like what, what's the – again, the biggest problem with this offense – I don't say problem. The, 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 the flaw in this offense, or the Achilles heel, if you want to call it, is that you're just not 100% sure about your running backs. Like, you have a decent stable of running backs, but you don't have, like, the big superstar Jonathan Taylor type of, you know, game-breaker type of dude. Everybody else in the office is straight. I mean, okay, we can argue about the third wide receiver, but we're, we're you know, we're, we're picking straws, you know, at, at that point. Like, you have a really good offense. If Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager, and you got to make them do with your third and fourth wide receivers, that's not terrible. So this offense no, should be really good. But I, I, but I will argue, not for the sake of arguing, that the defensive line might not be as, like, if you had to ask me what is the strongest unit on the Singular team, unit. Singular I unit. will say offensive line, Agreed. but not – but not far behind is a defensive one. Agree. I'll agree with that. Yeah, but if you're saying it's just side of the ball, I'll take offense all day. I mean, they have to cut guys who were starters last year and and, and serviceable starters because they just don't have enough room, which is yeah. a wonderful thing. I, I can't remember. I cannot remember another pro football team that said, yo, we have too many offensive linemen. Like, you have backups behind backups. I think Herbig started like 17 games. Nate Herbig started like 17 games in the last couple of years. And they were like, yeah, man, you just, you, you got to go, my guy. Nate, like you said, Nate Herbig's solid. Like you told me Nate Herbig was your, one of your starting guards this year. I'd be like, that's fine. You know, whatever. Like, he, was, he was fine. And you just cut him because you have an embarrassment of riches um, on that offensive line. Like it's, I keep forgetting it about Isaac Samalu because he's still, like, I mean, like, he, I, I assume he's presumed one of the starters. Yeah, I assume, like I, yeah, the other guard. Starting, yeah, I think I think you're. I'm pretty sure you're starting uh, your other starting guard. But yeah, no. This is you no, This is wild yeah. to say. Like I don't know. And you still got Jack Driscoll. You still have like I don't know an, an ascending Jordan Mailata. You have arguably the guy who played the the best left tackle or best offensive tackle in the game last year, Wayne Johnson and Jason. Cal- like I, I mean, I don't care what offense you run. It should be good. Yes. Like I don't know. And and, and I've always said like I don't know. Whatever struggles with the offense, it's never the line. It's every, it's it's, it's everyone else. So, but I, I mean, I'll say it. Like I don't know, the the Eagles have supported in the end. They support. They have supported Jalen Hurts more than adequately. I would say greatly. Now, has this Sixers front office supported Tyrese Maxey? Because it is clear that without Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey is the star of this team. So, has Daryl Morey et al? No, he hasn't. And, and, support and I'm the only person that is going to scream this until like someone someone acknowledges me. Like I don't know. Like I, like I no one is. I don't know. Is it because he drafted Maxi? Is he because he's not the 
complete jerk that like I don't know feels the need to just throw this DeAndre Jordan. Like I, I don't I don't understand. Like I don't know. Is it just the the attitude that Doc Rivers is expo- like displaying? Why he's so like vilified? Because if you ask me, the reason why this team is going to get bounced in the second round, it ain't Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is just public enemy number one because of, again, people are just tired of his coaching style. People are tired of just him, you know, being flippant to multiple reporters over the years. So Doc Rivers, if Doc Rivers was, again, as we always say on the show, but he was like a, a warp level coach who didn't bother anybody, who just was there and just did his, did his job. If he was Taylor Jenkins, well, Taylor Jenkins is pretty good. Well, let's say it's, he's Taylor Jenkins. If he was Taylor Jenkins, Steve Clifford. I think, if he was Steve Clifford, I think we'd get a whole lot more heat on on Doc Rivers, I mean on on Daryl Morey. Yeah, he's the guy who should get the. He heat does, no, because... he deserves it. This is a chant. You deserve it. No, I, I mean like I've said it from at, last year with the Simmons thing. They put Daryl Morey essentially because he didn't know how to handle or was playing this wait and see game when he wanted all of like, I guess all of his assets available. He didn't do anything. He signed George Niang, who turned into a pumpkin like I don't know three weeks ago. You signed Andre Drummond, which. I mean, led you to get James Harden, which I guess that's with. But you re-signed Forkon Corkmans, which is just a disaster. I don't like. I don't, like, thankfully, it's only a two-year deal. And you re-signed Danny Green, which I, I mean, I even think at when this happened, people were like, "Okay, Danny was hurt, <laughs> and he's old, so why?" No, it's it's a very queer, fair question, and I'm going to say this, and I you know again, I agree with you. We've had this discussion on the show for weeks and weeks and weeks. If the Sixers had a functional bench in the first two games of this Miami series, they'd be they would have come back home one one. I think they would have won one of these games if you give me two functional guys on the bench who can score every now and then, who can play defense every now and then. Like we said, like you know, I think it was Michael uh, Michael KB from Liberty Ballers. Sixers have five centers on this roster. They don't have one backup for Joel Embiid. You have like a third of your roster is devoted to the center position, but yet no competent backups for Joel Embiid. You don't have anybody but, who can consistently hit a three. But I will say that the only reason, the main reason why the, the bench is such a sore, is such a sticking point is the starters just haven't, oh, earned, haven't owned up to their part of the deal. And I'll say it. Number one, James Hart. Like, James Hart, like, no, like, I, I mean, like, your starters should build such a advantage that you frankly just need the the bench to just I don't know to just to just hold serve and the problem is when the bench comes in they're equal or down and you're asking the bench step up and I'm like no that's not how this should work you're you're like and, and one Danny Green should not be starting he shouldn't but is that his problem? Is that a Doc Rivers' problem? Who's, no. Who should start? Who should start? But he's liable. No. But he stinks. In a vacuum. Basketball so, yeah. Right. Matisse Stiebel should have progressed to where he is a passable offensive player and a good defensive player. Right now, he is at a high school level offensive player. And he's, I don't know if he's getting exposed or he just has lost confidence. He isn't that good of a defensive player either. And I'm not sure if you can bring him back. I, I mean, I think, like, I don't know, the genie's out of the bottle with the vaccine stuff, but he was struggling big time before this vaccine thing. So, like, I feel like, I don't know, like, just your starters should be your tone setters. And if your starters can't do that, then you're just fighting an uphill battle. You're asked, like, but mm-hmm. that's, like, but you're asking a lot from a, a subpar bench. Even if the Sixers bench was good, they'd still have a – a tough hill to climb because your starters aren't giving you the maximum production of starting unit. No, you're 100% right. And again, we are going to excoriate, if I use that word correctly, James Harden probably a week from now when we do next week's show. But I will give kudos to Tobias Harris, has been fantastic. You know, this playoff so far, kudos to... Good job raising your trade value up to, 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 to Tyrese Maxey, who's been as good as you can ask a 21-year-old second-year player to be. Um, we got 30 seconds left, or well, maybe 45 seconds Green? left. We're going we, we to congratulate Danny yeah. Green for going one we're, for 90. Yeah, we're not going to do that. We got 45 seconds left. We are recording this before game three, um, which I don't believe Joel Embiid is going to play. How many games will this series go? Uh... Oh, oh gosh 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 all right uh, t- will will this fan base be able to stomach or 
with or take a 4-0 punch? I don't think so. Like I think a 4-0 punch is going to kind of is going to kind of pull the curtain back on everybody, and everybody might be a kind of a, on the chopping block if, if we get a 4-0 punch. Whether or not MB comes back, 4-0 is a statement. Um, so we'll see about that. Uh, we will have all of that discussion next week on the show. Again, same bad time, same bad channel. Thanks again to Mark Parzetta for joining us earlier. Again, you can catch us every Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern, 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. But until next week, we are out of here. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventures should be fun. Adventures should be rugged. Adventures should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone.